news keeps coming in as we're talking here. time coming this is 11 well 12 weeks we have missed one week on just due just to how busy i was but we've come a long way i did not part of me did not believe we'd make it to 11 hero didn't for sure didn't believe we'd make it to episode 11 enox hopped on somewhere in between episode five and six i think javier joined like towards the first few episodes but it's, it's been interesting like since we started we've grown our discord group to about 20 plus members we have our podcast 11 episodes um this one being the 11 episodes seven up right now eight going up um tomorrow our youtube channels and bustle and getting a, a couple of new subscribers people watching our videos same stuff you will find on the podcast but with the visuals that you can see on here um the book club we have started the book club a great idea by hero and since then i feel like we've been learning so much we completed our first book um about two weeks ago which was the calculated risks um book great primer into just basics of options trading as well as technical analysis and this week we're starting the second book which is how to day trade for a living so I feel like the book club is a, a segment that's going to be here for a good, good time. It might spin off into its own other thing, but it's been a great addition. Um, our social media has been gaining, gaining traction. Our Instagram finally hit 100 followers. So that's the first key big milestone. Next uh, next milestone will be 1,000. So starting from season, the end of this season to the, uh, next season, is going to be rolled to 1,000. Um, so let's get that up there. We do have a Twitter, obviously not 100 followers, but eventually we'll get there. It will definitely get there. We now have... Um, still have the two courses. We have the investor starter guide that I had done in March around the beginning of the COVID. And I just started an intro to options course that should be coming out um, on our pages as well. For those that are interested specifically in options, just a beginner things you need to know before you jump into it. Uh, we also do have a Patreon. So as we're going on, we are going to be taking a hiatus for the episodes, but you can definitely support and tune into the um, recordings for our regular Sunday calls where we just talk about the weekend review and week ahead. Um, so if you're interested in that, definitely support through Patreon. Um, and our website is coming soon. I'm hoping that that'll be done before the second season. Uh, but it's just been so exciting, like seeing how much progress we've made with the trade tribe and having people like you guys on the call, those people listening, other things like that. This has just been a great experience. I feel like we're definitely closing out the, this season on a great note. And I'm just looking forward to seeing how, how much more we can go bigger or better in season two. Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's been a great experience. How about you guys? You're on mute, hero. Yeah, like I told you when I first uh, first started, it's like I told you all this trying to get a hundred this, hundred that. Man, if you don't have a leaven of something to give these people, how are you gonna ask them for something like? You have to you have to be able to show through the label. Like I think uh, one of the better calls that call outs that I made uh, while watching is because I really stick to dividends and it takes a lot for me to muster up the strength to look into something. But when I called out that AMC, like people, that was... people really did. I was just like 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 if you were on this show, you would have heard it a week ago, and then the week of it, you would have seen it again. So it's like there's your fruit of your labor. So I'm, I'm a big component of that. I'm a person who's been on uh, the social media tip for like four years now, and I'm just now hitting thousand goals. 
And I'm just now saying, okay, I'll do a sponsorship. But, you know, I like to say fuck and shit like that. So I don't really stress myself to, to put up like that. But I was a big component of you first having value, then getting quantity. Facts, facts. I think you've brought up a great point where you have to have something to show people before you kind of try to convince them anything. I feel like once we started hit, hit like what five episodes, people were like, oh, this is this is a real thing. This is something that like I can look forward to every week. And like it's crazy to see like my friends say, oh yeah, I saw the episode. I like one of my friends would text me, oh yeah, I'm, just, I'm listening to the podcast right now as you're texting me. I was like, oh wow, that's crazy. So having that content out there that people can really see, okay, this is serious. This is something that we people are behind and it's being put out there. Is it's, it's, it's powerful. Um, and the second thing you said about like really having, doing your due, not really due diligence, but like looking into something and seeing that it actually works after you put the energy and time into it, especially with the AMC call, which is one of the best calls I've heard of in the group chat since we started it. Um, I still believe you have an inside man and you just refuse to tell us about it. But that, that's a really great point. And I'm starting to see like when you spend time putting into these things, like you hear people say, oh yeah, make sure you're doing, spending this amount of uh, hours a week putting into like doing research or looking into it. And it's like, they, it actually, it actually works. And this show, this group that we have is evidence of that. Like when you put the time in every week, consistency was one of our pillars, you will see the results. And now we're, as we're saying it right now, we are starting to see the results. So I definitely agree with what you said. I definitely agree with what you said. And do you want to add as well, Javier Enox? Yeah, for sure. I was going to say, um, yeah, the trade trial was a great idea. Like anybody could trade, but just putting that, like making a whole group for yourself, and like it's just just awesome. The great initiative you did, and yeah, like people said, I try I try to share my story too, putting the podcast on there. I'm not sure how much people actually listen to it, but I mean, just seeing that's there to, pro- to provide for people that usually don't hear like people like that look like us actually like trading. It's usually like people on YouTube like, oh, if you want to get rich fast, make this one trade a week. Like, no, it's actually like, it's more to it. It's like, you have to learn how to do everything. And with the trade child, they, they show you that you can learn. And we're all in the group. Most of us, a lot of us are actually beginners. So it's a good thing that we're all starting up together. We're all help, helping each other. So yeah, uh, the trade child is really a great initiative that you did. That's facts, that's facts. People are not gonna pay attention. Like if you can post your story, which I really appreciate you doing, but people go look at like, eh, he don't know what he talk about until you become a millionaire. And so at the point you're a millionaire, you're going to be like, oh, damn, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> we have an episode every week y'all could have listened to. Y'all missed out. So as over time, you're going to see, start seeing people convert. Like, oh, this is for real. And like, okay, let me hop in now. That's that bullshit I be telling people. Like, I remember when I was, when I went to the, when I played in the league, like, so, I can't, everybody was like, damn, how'd you do it? How you, Tafik was there six o'clock every morning when I'm waking up, leaving the house to go run and work out and coming back at like 10, then go do it again at 4 p.m. Like nobody was, no one was with us when we were shooting in the gym then. And nobody was in the, we see who was in the trade tribe right now when it was happening. Like I, I long have stopped trying to prove I'm great to normal people. Mm. And that's something you have to you have to be prepared to do as you get better in life. You have to like certain people are gonna come up to you and ask you why, and you, and you could sit there and explain to them, or you could just be like, you know what, you got it. You're absolutely right. You do you boo. Like, and then when they come back and we, and then when they come up and say how, then you can be like, oh, now you're ready to listen. Let me show you. 
And that's facts. It's, it's, it's really demotivating when people see you put in the work in, but don't believe you until they see the results. But then you look at, well, for us, it's, it's, hard, it's easy for us to be re-motivated because we see our profits. It's like, okay, at the end of the week, I made this much. All right, I'm back in it for next week. <laughs> so it's easy buy-in for me. So yeah. as they're not there, shooting the gym with us, shit. When, once we get drafted, <laughs> following the same analogy, then they're going to be at the reception. Yeah. Hey, every, hey, drinks on me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, you heard it first here. Hero is buying drinks for everyone in the trade tribe. So this is recorded, and we're gonna Come we're gonna call back to this moment. Come on down. <laughs> but yeah, it's been it's definitely been a great experience, and I'm really excited. I'll probably do a uh, special segment on this later this week, just to close it out. Um, pro- providing a little bit of highlights from previous episodes and experiences in the group. Um, if y'all have anything, anyone y'all want to shout out, definitely let me know, um, and I'll make sure to include it um, for the next segment. Um, but that pretty much covers the special topic for this episode. We made it to episode 11, and that is huge. And I'm just glad to see us reach 100 episodes in the future. Uh, moving on, we have the book club segment. Um, so last last segment, as I said, we kind of closed out on the Calculator Risk book, which is a great read. And I'm probably going to go back and read that third chapter to learn more about the strategies and practice that. Um, but this week, we're segwaying into how to day trade for a living. This was definitely recommended by one of our um, Instagram followers on the, our page. Um, and it was really great uh, a suggestion once I read the summary. So I was like, hey, this is a great topic that we can kind of talk about this week. Um, and basically, it's just a book that kind of teaches people a little about beginner's guide to trading, specifically day trading. Um, and it kind of gives you some other main components or topics that will help you be a better day trader, such as risk management, uh, different tools and scanners, trading psychology, things like that. Um, but this week, I think most of us got up to uh, chapter three. I, I, I stopped, I'll stop somewhere in the middle of chapter three just because of how busy I was other stuff. But even just that, it was a great, it was definitely great um, going over the bakers again. Um, for uh, just as context, this book is really a short book. It's like about 92 pages. So it is an easy read for those people. And the author was very intentional about that. He said, hey, if you go into the trading, you probably don't care enough to read most 100 pages of books. I'm just going to keep it up to a short book, 92 pages, give you all you need, and you just go from there. Which is smart, and everything is really uh, valid in what he said that. Um, and in the first three chapters, you start to see that value just from reading it. Um, the first chapter being a basic introduction, going over stuff like, hey, if you're coming through, take it seriously. This is stuff you're going to need, like tools, community, things like that. Um, the second chapter, he kind of distinguishes between day trading and swing trading. Um, talk about stuff like fundamental triggers and best time to trade during the day. Um, and the third chapter, they talk about risk management, stuff like um, sizing your trade, um, using the 2% rule, uh, entries, exits, and trading psychology. Um, but I think it was a great chapter. And if anyone would like to talk about um, stuff that they, they read, it would be, now be a great time. Uh, Javier? Yeah, for sure. Just so I'm kind of reiterating what you're saying. Uh, the, the introduction is really talking about take it seriously. It's not um, it's not a gamble when you do this. It's actually like educated thing. It's like riding a bike. Once you learn how to do it, it can't be taken away. This is really educational stuff. And um, yeah, another thing I was talking about was um, like we're all retail traders. So retail traders, like it's everyday people. We don't work with a firm. We don't work with anybody. And he asked, um, how can we trade against institutional um, traders, people that work at Goldman Sachs, people that work at JP Morgan Chase. And he, a main thing he pointed out was um, do guerrilla trading. So basically what that means is um, just jumping in in the opportune moment. You don't have to trade 
every day, like those big institutional um, traders, but just find the good moments when it's a good dip, when you see good news about a company, kind of the fundamentals. Um, that's, that's a good time to trade. And um, another thing he mentioned was um, when the sector is bad, don't trade in that sector if it's more likely going to keep on going down. Um, another that's, thing, that's um, a good point. In, um, yeah, in risk management, it was a 2% rule. Never ever risk, um, I'm never ever a trade, make a trade more than 2% of your money because that, that would just be too much. And make sure your stop losses are at, are at a, a good support level. And yeah, that's basically what I got out of it. So. Do you kind of do the 2% rule as well? Or is that something that you kind of learned from this book? No, actually from that, like I've seen myself, he, he said that all main, many traders um make mistakes. Like like kind of they put their confidence ahead. Like, oh, it's, gonna, it's going down, but it's going to come up eventually. And I made some of those mistakes. It went down and I was, I was watching it keep on going down. And by the time I knew it, I lost all my money. But um, just reading this and just being more like psychology, um, like just being more like aware of your money. Like once you see it, like take, don't, don't, don't put your pride in front of everything, everything basically. If you lose like a couple bucks, it's okay. Don't try to like make a home run every, every trade. If you, if, you have some, if you have some profit, just keep that profit. It doesn't, every trade, like I said, every trade doesn't have to be a home run. You could uh, make a couple bucks and those bucks will um, kind of like, pile up a little bit and you two percent can end up one day being like a thousand dollars so like just keep on working for your two percent to be really high basically facts facts i definitely agree with that uh, i feel like the first part you said with the tree like a business and distinguishing between retail traders and institutional traders is really a great point because a lot of people don't know that this is this is really a kind of a game it's a it's, it's a game really it's not something that is and gambling is a game too, but with investing is a different type of game. As long as you're doing your due diligence and know what you're doing, it's a game that you can win. It's not set up for you to win and that slowly changes, especially with um, investing becoming more democratized with different tools and things like that. But you're playing a game with other people in the world and the goal is to take other people's money, take away their points or your capital in a sense. And like, although you're fighting for that, it's not hard it's, it can be easy to lose all that capital, but it's not hard to keep it as long as you're using the right mindset and right psychology. Uh, so I think that that is that definitely is a great point. And for those that don't know, um, the difference between institutional traders and uh, retail traders. Retail traders are people, individuals like myself that just opened up a brokerage account uh, that's typically tied to our social security. And we just use that to invest money, although it's obviously taxed at uh, uh, our regular income rates. Uh, we just use that to kind of grow our wealth. It could be from... Uh, people just looking to become long-term investors, speculators, um, traders, things like that. But then you have the big dogs, people off Wall Street, people that have been doing this since the stock market ever existed, since uh, in the early 1900s. Uh, and basically, these are the uh, Charles Schwab's, the big banks that you can think about. Um, and they're the ones that have to have money moving around. So they, they are always trading. They typically use a lot of high-frequency trading and algorithms for their trading. But the downside to them, as they said in the book, is that they have to always trade. That's They're the ones that make the market. So if they're not trading, the, the market just falls apart. So they're obviously at a loss because they have to trade to keep money moving around. And for us, we ha- we can benefit off that. We can stop trading whenever we want, but we can eat off those crumbs. I think in the previous episode, Hero had said that like his goal is to eat off the crumbs of these big people. And that was a great point because they lead them out there for you. It's up to you to go grab them. Yeah. I, I, the the crumbs of a billionaire could turn you into a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's that, that is, that is how I function in it. And I, you have to remember like for every time, every time you make 4% or even 1% profit on any trade, 
that's money you've stolen from somebody them. else. The yeah. people with the big with the big brain algorithm. You mean to tell me in my basement in the middle of fuck with nowhere, I was able to outclass Charles Schwab. That's how you have to take it. You have to be prideful. You have to trade with intent. I intend to be better than I was yesterday. And you mm-hmm. have to take your L's with you have to take your L's and not just like say brush it off. You got to put some salt in that because what you've just done is fed the corporate machine. Mm-hmm. So you got to look at it like that. Like, how am I going to beat this system? And that's a great point. That's like you're going you to win. Yeah. Keep going. Sorry. I said, it's not, you're, you're never going to beat house money. Like, just like in Vegas, you're never going to be able to beat out house money. It, hell, after you win too much, they'll tell you, hey, you know what? Why don't you try another table? All right. The six, yeah. So like, you, you don't go out here trying to beat it unless you unless you just got it like that. But you should be hungry, and I think that's something we all can relate to. Definitely, definitely. And with that, it's like they, they with these big institutions, it's a feat if they can just beat the S and P five hundred that doesn't average twelve percent to fifteen percent for over them. They're just trying to make fifteen percent for the year. But when you're an individual trader, fifteen percent a week is more feasible. You can do much better than them. There's people that up double their accounts just in the first few months of this year. So the fact that they have hit triple digit returns versus that is just giving me a lot of confidence. And the fact that they call it out in this book just gives me a lot of confidence because you can be better than these people. The people that are using quants, uh, algorithms, things like that. And you can just use your common sense and have better returns. Because for me, I look at percentages. I don't care about, oh, I made a thousand dollars this week. If I made 20%, which is better than 10% of last week, that is huge to me. And that's just crazy because not only do you have to have confidence coming in, but the more time you spend in the markets, you build your confidence. Your value just goes up outside of your uh, stock portfolio. Yeah, another thing we said, uh, you build confidence. He did recommend um, when you first start trading on like day trading, he said to for like three months, like use paper trading under some platforms. So like, mm-hmm. you don't risk your real money. And like, because if you start off, you may make a really, really bad trade and that might discourage you like forever. So he just says like, use like paper trade for a couple, three months, have some supervision under you and make sure you know what you're doing basically. So when those three months do and you know what you're doing once you like start day trading and everything. So that's another thing he said to recommend. Thanks. And that's a great point. For me, I hadn't even realized paper trading was a thing when I started trading. So for me, it was like, it was hard for me to take a step back to go into paper trading and then come back into the real world, um, real life trading. Um, have you had a chance to paper trade before, Javier? No, I haven't. No, I haven't yet. No. True. True. How about you, Eros? Have you? On what platform have you used on paper trading on? Paper. I've used paper trading on last week. I threw all my funds uh, swaps, trade, and then a three-day period, I couldn't use any funds. So I actually use E and I use it to to do a. So I went long on AT and I sold put on AT and T. Also sold a, they also bought a put on eighteen. And I think ended up making like um a thousand dollars on 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 the trade. Now it was paper trading, but um it worked pretty well, like for for going over your strategies and applying your strategies. Facts, facts, and it's really great because it it feels and looks just like a real life trading system. So whenever you're doing paper trading, it's affected by the same stocks that's actually moving in the real world. So you can see this what it would have been like for you if you had just started. Um, but for me, I actually do remember I had created a paper trading account on Webull. You can create one on any platform, really. 
Um, I don't, I don't think Robinhood has one, but Thinkorswim, you can you can do paper trading, just switch it to a paper trading, um, the toggle. Um, you can also go on Weeble. They have a great paper trading platform and there's a couple other ones that are probably better. But I had created one earlier this year around the COVID March timeline and completely forgot about it. I opened the account uh, and basically it gives you a million dollars, paper money, fake money to trade with. And I put it into a couple long-term stocks. I think I bought into Apple, Tesla, Google, Illumina, Microsoft, Berkshire, Disney, and Uber. And so far that account is up 61% since I created it. So that, that is that is dope. I've almost doubled my money, fake money, although <laughs> and since then. So I, I definitely think paper trading is a great way to start. If I had started, my, my returns in real life would probably be a lot better. But it's, it's interesting that you can have access to something like that without risking anything at all. And that kind of goes into the third chapter, which is risk. And basically one of the biggest things I've seen that people are afraid of getting is, oh, what if I lose my money? What if I lose all my capital and things like that? And yeah, that's a risk. That is a chance. That possibility is always going to be out there. I'm not going to lie. So you're going to tell you the truth straight up. That's always, that's always a possibility. It's always a possibility. But if you manage your risk, you don't got to worry about it. Like uh, Javier said, uh, one of the things in the book that they call that is that you should shoot to never lose more than 2% each day as you're day trading. Uh, the difference between day trading and swing trading is that when you're day trading, you're not looking to hold any stocks over this overnight. So your goal is to at least not lose more than 2% each day so that the next day you can come back in and still have a good chance of making profit that will uh, overtake that loss and give you in the green um, in the long run. Um, and other ways you can do that was when they mentioned about trading, sizing your trade. Um, we say it on the podcast all the time, you shouldn't throw your whole account into something you should kind of shoot to, okay, put about a certain percentage into each position, no matter how confident you are. Because if it goes bad, that's your whole account you're playing with. Um, and it did touch on other stuff like entry, exit, and stop losses. I don't know if you guys had stuff you wanted to talk about regarding that. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, uh, even from the time you did your uh, uh, lesson of the week on trailing stop losses, it's just such a fundamental key. It's nothing refreshing. There's nothing more refreshing than having a 5% lead on your profits, setting a 30% uh, trailing stop loss, and then just being able to sit back. And once you get that trigger note that, oh, this stuff is falling below, just having the money already acquired to buy it right back, mm-hmm. being five cents in a hole. It also takes the fear because r- r- managing risk is a lot about giving away your control. There's something powerful about seeing the market, not looking at the market at eight, not looking at the market at eight a.m. and then the next time you look at it as nine a.m. A lot of people be like, "What? Well, you don't look at it when no, because everyone's looking at it and everyone's reacting, and you're gonna fall into that trap. If you've set your stop losses, that's part of managing risk. If you've mm-hmm. read your research and you know your articles, that's part of risk management. Then you don't have to worry about." trading day to day the trade is already done day to day for you it's a a lot of a lot of people think risk management has to do with how you trade it's really how you live as a trader facts facts and they definitely did bring that up in the in the book where they were talking about like hey if you can manage your risk you ain't gotta worry about it just shoot for a certain percentage you want to make every day if it's if you have an account over twenty five thousand dollars, you should shoot for a thousand dollars each day somewhere around that level. If you have something less than that, shoot for maybe 500 a, a day, 100 a day, $20 a day. I think Hero yours was, I think, $35 a week, which right. is even more very conservative in my opinion. No, that's I, for, for like, 
and this is once again, and I come from a dividends background. So that's like when I first learned stock, I didn't learn how to trade options. I didn't learn how to trade a uh, swing trade. Someone told me the first thing I ever heard when I got into options uh, trading was someone told me, if you buy a stock, I'll pay you in three weeks for still having that stock. And that's literally all I did. I was like, okay, so all I got to do is find every stock that pays me and just hold on to those. And every three weeks, I was making $245 off of these stocks. And then something dawned on me. What if I could then also incorporate scalping? Because someone was like, oh, yeah, if you have every, every day I watch a stock go up and down. And I was like, damn, every day this stock goes from $10 to $12. And I don't do nothing about that. So you can take risk management. Risk management is, is literally, it comes in many forms and it can be called conservative. But what risk management is actually absolutely supposed to do is keep your money. Facts. If you're interested in keeping your money, you have a lot of juju type things you do to keep your money. It sounds ridiculous. I think Luke's uh, motto is 20 for 20. He's 20, no matter, no matter what happens. He doesn't care if Jeff Bezos went into a burning <laughs> and went into one of, his, one of his burning fucking factories and saved all 10 of his workers in there brought them out gave one of them chest compressions and then cpr and brought the ass into life fucking amazon's going through the roof after he gets to 20 percent, he's out luke is out Facts. oh speak of the devil speak of the devil he's here look at him he, he, he heard you talk about his he copyrighted rule. And oh, he yeah. yeah, he came here to cur- the agent is here to claim his corporate percentage. I'll send it in the mail. <laughs> yeah. Damn. I, I was listening, but I was having trouble logging in. But, but no problem, keep no going. problem. We was wrapping up the book club of the week. Um, the last point being what Javier had said at the beginning about the best time to trade. And basically, once you have that goal in my head, I'm looking to make, say, $1,000 a day, $1,000 a week. The best time, and this is a great way to know uh, whether you're doing well or not, is the longer you're spending in the day looking at the markets, the more work you got to go do. Because if you're able to go in at the beginning of the day where most of the training does, all the experts are making their money in the first 30 minutes, one hour, and hop out, be done for the day, not worry about looking at the time, as Hero said, looking at 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 11 a.m. If you can get out at 9 a.m. after the 9.30, by 9.30, by the time the market opens at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, You've done your job for the day. You've done your risk management. You've got your target profit for the day. You can go do everything else you want to do. And that's what the book is trying to aim to teach people, like how to be able to reach a point where you don't spend all your time looking at markets, but just consistently hitting your target profit, um, as well as not losing money. So I think this first three chapters of this book has been a great read, um, great um, coverage of like the basics that we've all kind of known over the previous experiences in a couple episodes but also filling in some gaps as well and giving us more things that we should kind of use to measure our success and progress that we we'll probably use so we'll probably read the next couple chapters in the next two weeks and get back to you on that but that wraps up our book club segment uh, going